Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now asking for your power and your strength to preach your word to your people. That, Father, we hear, we hear you clearly and submit to your truth and live it in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Weak enough to be strong. Weak enough to be strong. In this modern technology age, many of us have cell phones. And in our cell phones, you look to, before you make your phone call or receive a phone call, you check to see if your signal is strong enough. You want to see if you have five bars. And your telephone companies know this, so they sold those commercials how the least drop calls or the most reliable Network. They realize that your phone service may be weak, your signal may be weak. So we want you to know that ours is strong enough for you to rely on. So they want you to change networks. Come over to our network. Come into our system. Or oftentimes you see your battery signal is weak. That your battery is not strong enough. That and, and it always seems to happen when you need your phone the most. That your battery power is running out on you. You're like, tell somebody, speak quick, I'm about to lose battery power. Do I turn left or do I turn right? Hello? Hello? Or, or, or you at the airport, you're just trying to get that other flight out because the other flight was canceled. You're trying to call everybody and it just can't get enough juice. And then you see that kiosk that's selling those charges that costs an arm and a leg. You say, I might as well buy me a new phone. Because you're looking for something because your signal is weak, your battery power is weak, and you wish it was strong enough to make it through. You see, there's a lot of times in our lives that our telephone can be parallel to our lives. You might be in the wrong place, out of coverage, so you cannot get served. Your signal is so weak, you can't even cry out because no one will hear your cry. A lot of times in our lives, we'll allow sin to weaken us enough that we don't move. It becomes too painful to move. How is it that it says that when you're in so much pain, that's when you finally move, when the pain's always been there. <laughs> You've been in pain all the time, but when it became unbearable, then you would finally see the doctor, but by then it might have been too late. It might have spread then. It might have became overly infected by then because you thought you could handle it. Same situation with the phone, sir. You think you're in coverage, but you're out of cover. You think you have a connection, but you don't have a connection. Or maybe in life you're just so weak. You're so downtrodden that you're just like that battery life on your phone. You're looking for a charger. You're looking for something to charge you up. And so what do we do? We buy those books that make you feel good about yourself. We buy how to have the best life ever or how to be richer than the next person or how to start your own business from scratch and become a billionaire. And we, we put all that money into all that stuff and we're just as broke as when we started out. We're looking for some source to give us a connection because we know we're weak. 
We know that our network is not as strong as we would like it to be. We know our battery is going to run low. There's something that has to be able to keep me connected, to keep me strong enough. And I'm here just to let you know that there's God. God is the perfect network. He's more reliable than any cell phone network you'll ever change to. God will keep your battery charged better than your plug-in, your traveler, and your car charger put together. God will keep sure that you will always be connected to the main line, the right line. You'll never get, your car cannot be connected. You'll never get that when you call on God. God is there. And when we're going to look at the text of 2 Corinthians, you can see that, that God will give you the same answer you need to hear every time. Did we not just see that Paul cried out three times and three times God replied I just got excited that God replied aren't you glad that there's a God that speaks who does not just sit there like Buddha looking dumb Our God speaks. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just speaking the truth. I'm glad that my, how would you feel that every time you, you went to someone you love and they never talk back to you? Wouldn't that just eat you up? I love you. How come you don't talk to me? We, we call that passive aggressiveness. That I know you want to talk to me, but since I'm mad at you, I won't speak. God gets angry with us all the time. Wait a minute. What do you say, God? Yes, God hates sin. Tell me the day you went without sin. So therefore, God is angry. But yet he loves us enough to make sure we have enough connection. We have enough power. Look at the text, 2 Corinthians 12th chapter. I'm going to pick up at the 7th verse and look to the 10th verse. And as you're turning there, Paul is writing his second letter to the church in Corinth. And, and in the second letter, he's admonishing them and encouraging them that the first letter I wrote to you, I talked about how you had sin blatant in your lives and y'all was bragging about it, doing all this crazy stuff. You have false prophets there bragging, saying this and, and saying that, but altogether it was just wick, wick, whack. Some of y'all got that in the 1990s. But Paul is letting them know. That look, you need to restore your brother. You need to live, you need to live your life for Christ and understand who Jesus Christ is and him crucified. Preach Christ. And so now Paul is writing back to them again and saying, look, I, I could brag and boast like everybody else. And, and if you want to get interested, in you can look in the chapter, a previous chapter, and see how Paul said, I've been beaten. I've been whipped too many times to be counted, but five times I received 39 lashes. Uh, I've been stoned and left for dead. I've been, been persecuted by my own brethren. But look here, I'm still standing. And yet Paul in 2 Corinthians 12th chapter, uh, verse 7, is talking about how he has a thorn. In his flesh, this thorn is coming from the uh, 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 a messenger of Satan. Satan is trying to torment him, and he and he cries out. Look at verse seven. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three. Different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He was consistent in prayer. 
he was persistent in prayer. He, he, he had a thorn that was not being moved, but he knew that there was a God that was more than able to remove this thorn. So just because it didn't get removed the first time, he said, I don't go back to my God a second time. I, I'm going to go back to my God a third time. Aren't you glad that God takes the time to talk to you in such a way you can understand? Don't you, don't you want people to repeat it to you to tell you get it? How, how sometimes we want to tell them this, talk to me like I'm six years old because I didn't understand what you said the first time. Break it down to you at the most elementary level. Make it easy enough, Pablo, so I can chew it, I can swallow it. Paul was like, I, I, I want this to remove, God. I'm going to talk to you till I get it right. And then it hit him on the third time. There's something about this three here. But you look what God said. My grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient. My grace is more than enough. <laughs> my power works best in weakness. My power is perfected in weakness. My power is complete in weakness. Then it hit Paul. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness. And so that the power of Christ can work through me. Did, did you see that? You see what hit Paul on that third time? He said, so now I am glad <laughs> to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. I want you to ask your neighbor, are you weak enough? Ask your neighbor, are you weak enough? When you are weak enough, that's when you want to find strength. <laughs> when your telephone signal is low, you're looking for a stronger signal. Am I right about it? When your battery power is low, you're looking for a charge to get charged. It's not, a time, it's not until we become weak do we realize how much power we need. I'm going to give another illustration. Now I'm going to get back into the text. My, my, one of my favorite cartoons was Popeye. Popeye always thought he was strong. Papa see Brutus, and Brutus got to his girl. Papa go try to beat up Brutus. Oh, I'm going to beat you up. Papa get beat down. Then it hit him. Oh, I'm weak. I need some strength. And where do I get my strength from? He said, oh, I get it from that can of spinach. So he will pop open that can of spinach, and next thing you know, you see that sailboat get big on his chest. That anchor gets big in his boss, and he beat up old Bruce. Because when he was weak, then he became strong. Do you see that? And the spinach, he hates, he rejects. He does not like spinach. Oftentimes, we reject the truth, and the truth is what we need. Paul was realizing that I need to be weak in order to be strong. And look why he became weak. Satan was trying to tempt him. Satan was tempting him. And, and, and look what it says. It's the word in there says he started to keep him from becoming proud. God permitted this. God allowed this because he was letting Saul know, look, hey, don't, get, don't get too big for yourself. I want us to look, how can I become weak enough to be strong? You got to first go to a reliable network. God's grace is sufficient. That's a reliable network, his grace. He says, my grace is more than enough. 
What is his grace more than enough for? It was enough for Paul to be tormented by Satan but not give up. It was enough for him to get beaten down over five times, be stoned and left for dead, to be shipwrecked and wading out in the sea all day and all night, floating on to shore. And when he gets there, he gets bitten by a viper, shakes it off, and then he continues kicking, cooking of meal. Grace was strong enough. Now, a lot of us, that said, well, that was Saul. What, what about me? His grace is good enough that that car accident you were in, you walked away from. His grace is good enough that every time you went to the hospital, you came back out. Some people haven't come back out yet. But his grace is good enough for you to come on out. But looking at it even on the bigger picture, his grace was good enough that Jesus died for you, redeemed you, and made you righteous in his eyes. His grace is good enough. So you see here that when I rely on God's grace, God's grace gives me strength. His grace gives me peace. His grace gives me power. Look about how his grace can overcome your tongue and help you be more loving to those you talk to. Because God's been gracious towards me, then I return grace to others. I get angry. I'm going to talk about me because I know me best. I get angry. And if you catch me at the right time, you can tell how angry I am. But when I think about God's grace, and I can talk to him like Saul did, see, when we get angry, when we're going through stuff, we need to talk to God. Talk to God. Let him know what's going on. Paul was being real with God. He said, God, I got a thorn in my flesh. And, and in the text, it's unclear what this thorn is. Some say that it might have been an ailment. Some say it might have been a uh, disease. But I'm just going to deal with the, the true literal sense of the thorn. It means something pricky, something sharp edges, something sticky was sticking in his side. Basically, sort of like my mom will pinch me when I was sitting in the pew to remind me, boy, you better act right. I'm going to whoop you. Well, like a thorn in my side to remind me, boy, you better humble yourself and break down before I whip you. Satan was, was tempting Saul, but Saul did not, see, did not see the, I'll go the other way. But he says, no, Lord, I, I got to stay humble. I, I got to stay weak. I got to remember my place. I, I thank you for the reminder. So now we see he will boast in his weakness. That grace helps us out in those times that we want to tell somebody a piece of our mind. We'll think about God and say, I will love them. And I cursed them out. I was sold to my job knowing my boss is wrong. He gets on my last nerves. But I'm a soul with a smile on my face and bless him and I curse him. I had a job with that. It was, it was just a nine to five job. Your job was, was, was working to the bone. And you would treat, you would, you would serve uh, customers. And, and Deacon Blaine's got a test. You could serve customers who are very ungrateful towards you. Am I right about it? Ungrateful. But you got to have the smile on your face and give them whatever they ask for right there. Even when they don't want to treat you right. You treat them with a smile and you just bless them. And sometimes, oftentimes, they may come back and apologize to you for how they treated you because they saw the grace of God move in your life. You see how his grace is sufficient? It's more than enough. It can overcome those obstacles. It can overcome those problems. You got to rely on God's network. Say, God, I'm going to rely on your grace, not my strength, because I don't have power enough. I'm not strong enough. My signal's not strong enough. But when I rely on to you, Lord, I, I remember my relationship with you. We were, we were talking about before how God is, is real with us. And in Bible, so we're talking about how it's, it's clear with our relationship to God. God sent Jesus. Jesus told us that, look here, there's a father, husband, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. It's clear. It's no discu- there's no confusion there. Jesus says, this is our relationship. I'm the vine, you the branch. I produce in you fruit. You abide in me, I abide in you. Connection, relationship. I'm glad that God makes it clear. But when other times we think we see another network more reliable than God, that's when we run into problems. That's when we allow pride to cause us to stumble and fall. That's when we allow our flesh to run rampant and to run wild because we get into those other networks <laughs> that will take us out of coverage and will leave us stranded all by ourselves. Satan does not care about your well-being. Satan is trying to confuse you. It says that Satan tries to dress himself up as an angel of light. Why? Because Jesus is light. Whatever God is for, Satan is against. Uh, 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 I was sharing with, with Deacon Kyle before, Pastor Brand says this a lot, says that the devil don't like me, <laughs> and I don't like him. And the feeling is mutual. <laughs> you see, when we realize who Satan really is, it does not matter what he wants, but it matters most what God wants. And God wants what's best for us. God wants to see us succeed. God wants to see us have peace in our life. But Satan wants to have confusion in your life. Satan wants you to have deception in your life. Satan wants to see divorce happening in marriages. Satan wants to see children run away from mothers. Mothers run away from children. Satan loves confusion and, 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 and love all of that stuff that will cause destruction to the the community that will destroy the community. Look how when families fall apart, communities fall apart. But when families stick together, communities stick together. That's why that, that proverb does not go away. What? It takes a whole village to raise up a child. When we can come together, even through the heartaches and through the pains, and say, Lord, I don't have enough sense to do this, but Lord, your grace. <laughs> Is more than enough. Uh, my husband's getting on my last nerves, but Lord, your grace is good enough. Uh, my mother said this to me so much, I almost thought that might have been my mate. said, Lord, have mercy. But his grace was good enough that my mother kept on loving her wayward child. When you have a reliable network, it keeps you connected. It keeps you covered. Covered by what? His grace. <laughs> Keeps you covered with his mercy. A reliable network. Because when you have a reliable network, you have power. Look at what we see here. My grace is all you need. Then my power works best in weakness. When we are under his grace and we stay under his grace, we start seeing power. Moving in our lives. And when is that power perfected? When is that power completed? In our weakness. What does that mean? That means that I have to go through some things to be broken down in order to really understand what strength is. Gold, metals, precious metals are strong, but yet... When they get under pressure, what's the pressure? Heat. (laughs) They become pliable. That you can mold them and make them to anything you want. We think we are strong all by ourselves. But when you get into some fire, (laughs) when you get into some pressure, you start to melt. (laughs) You start to become weak. (laughs) 
But I'm glad today that if I'm under God's grace, no matter what pressure or troubles come my way, that fire can melt me down and mold me, but yet God will shape me. God will shape me. God will shape me to be what he wants me to be. The enemy thinks he got you, but yet when you cry out to God, God will speak back to you and tell you, don't worry about it. My grace is more than enough. Basically say, you trying to be strong all by yourself, but you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. That's why I need you weak, <laughs> so I can move uh, in you. You got to be weak enough so you can be strong enough. When your battery runs low on yourself, when you have to charge it up in order for it to be strong. But if you never charge up your battery, it'll never be strong. That's why even the Old Testament, they had it down. They that wait on the Lord shall renew, shall renew their strength. You want to renew your battery life. You want to renew a lot of things in our lives. We want to make it anew. We wanted to make it afresh. I'm glad that God's grace is enough. What does that mean? That every day I get brand new grace. Grace enough just to make it through. Grace enough to get through whatever I'm going through. And when I am weak, because sometimes we get weak in areas of our lives we thought we were strong I, I, I gave up drinking, but all of a sudden I became weak again. But his grace is more than us when I surrender and let God have his way. Then I realize that I don't need that bottle to make me happy. But the joy of Jesus is all I need. I, I, I've given up sleeping around, but all of a sudden it got tempting again. But when I think about Jesus... And all he's done for me, I, I get excited and I start realizing that no longer am I going to live for me, but live for him who died for me. When we think about Jesus, it's when we become how weak we are, we find how strong we are in him. And when you look at the word power, when you look at the Greek dynamis, where we get the word dynamite, <laughs> we can be just like JJ and be really dynamite. We can be explosive with power when we surrender to the power of God. Have you ever been there before when people are looking at you and you're going through hardships in your life and, and because of your relationship with Christ, you're able to make it through? We have, we have family members right now that, that, that I've been spending time with and, and sitting with them and just seeing them go through because uh, I, I have not lost my mother and father. So I don't know what it's going to feel like when... And when that happens, or if I see that happens, I've lost my grandmother, and I know how weak I was during that time frame. My, my, when my grandmother passed away, I, I just preached my first message, and, and I remember because my grandmother, she would always talk to me about the Bible. It was like a Sunday school lesson when I would get on the phone with her every Sunday. She would ask me, what did I learn in Sunday school? What was my favorite Bible verse? And it's kind of funny because my favorite Bible verse, and we would always talk about it like it was brand new, was the story of the prodigal son. For some reason, I related to that story. I'll let you figure it out yourself. And so I would talk to my grandma about that, and she would celebrate and have joy with me over that beautiful story and the testament of God's grace. And then, lo and behold, when I preached my first message, it was on that text. But I did not get to share that with my grandmother. And it hurt me. It hurt me. But by God's grace, I made it through. And so we may not know what it may feel like to experience what other people experience, but we do know this, that by God's grace, 
I can make it through. <laughs> you see, there's nothing too big for God. Make something big in your life and then think how big God is. Then you realize how small that really is. If God has a whole world in his hands and we use the saying, I feel like I have the world on my soldier, on my shoulders. <laughs> Guess who still has you in his hands? If God it controls everything, then there's nothing too big for God. So, yeah, you may feel you have the world on your shoulders, but I'm glad that God created the world and he created you. So he knows just how much you can bear. So we got to stick to the power, the perfected power that comes from God in our weakness. We need to be melted and broken down so he can so we can be pliable enough so he can mold us and shape us. Many of us are having problems in our lives because we have not surrendered to God. We have not made ourselves weak in that area. Our tongue is too strong that we're really weak. Our tongue is so strong we can tell everybody about our mind. We're always right. They're always wrong. We're always looking how to prove ourselves right and prove them wrong. And, and it's funny how our tongue becomes so wicked, we try to use the Bible to defend ourselves. But we don't want anybody to use the Bible towards us. You know, I, you know, have you met those people? I know I used to be there. They will come over with me scripture. I got to come over with another scripture. You can't tell me about the Bible. I know the Bible. Yeah, and this verse too. Amen. But when we surrender ourselves, we allow God to speak to us and at us through different people. We learn how to be quiet and let God work on us. Because my pride needs to be broken down. Oh, Lord, work in me. My tongue needs to be broken down. Oh, Lord, work in me. My lust needs to be broken down. Oh, Lord, work in me. My, 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 my desire to be seen in front, in front of everybody at the workplace needs to be broken down. Oh, Lord, work in me. I need to become weak so I then become strong. That's where your power comes from. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then look what happens with this power. Saul says, now I am glad. I will boast all the more gladly. I, I will celebrate even more about my weakness. Why? So that the power of Jesus may rest upon me, may, may dwell in me. And when you look at it, what it's saying here is this. Jesus desires to have a relationship with us, to dwell with us. Many of us, have you had roommates before? Have people living in your place? When you share that living quarters, y'all share each other. You share each other's lives, whether you want to or you don't want to. You share each other's lives. I, I remember I had a roommate. I didn't want a roommate, and I had this roommate for the first time. I thank God for the roommate because he was a good roommate, but I really wanted a room to myself because I did not want to share what I had with my roommate. If I had a TV, that means we had a TV. If I had something to eat, that means we had something to eat. That's what it means to have a roommate. That's what I understood to be a roommate because that's what my mom's taught me how to share. So I couldn't be in my roommate and feel good about myself when I'm going to hoard everything for myself. When I wouldn't share, when I would order a pizza, I asked him, my roommate, did you want a piece of pizza? And he would do the same for me. But that's what it takes when we have a relationship with Jesus. When Jesus comes in, when he dwells in us, we open up our lives and say, Jesus, what do you want to do? You welcome in who Jesus welcomes in. You push out who Jesus push out. Why? Because we want to be just like him. That's where that power comes in, to love like Christ, to forgive like Christ, to be patient 
like Christ. Think about when Christ is not involved in your relationships, how those relationships are different. Think about how you have a relationship with someone who does not know Christ and how your relationship is different with that person compared to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see how Christ can cause your mind to focus on what's most important. Being faced to look at mortality made me realize what's important in my life. Oftentimes we need God to remind us what's what's really important. Because when I was thinking about it, you know, uh, I really care about the Cubs, but yet the Cubs do not win the World Series. My life will move on. If I lose my house, my life will still go on. If somebody stole my car, my life will still go on. But if somebody tried to take my Jesus, that, that didn't get somebody. If somebody tried to take my Jesus, oh, they got a fight coming because he's real to me. I'm not going to denounce him. I'm going to boast to him all the more. I'll be just like Paul. You want to beat me down? Then beat me down. Because in Jesus, I am strong. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm glad today that no matter what I go through, can nobody, anything, can take Jesus away from me. That's when we have to be weak enough to know what matters most. You may not ever get that raise at your job, but does that really matter? You may not ever, ever have your name ever put up in lights, but does that really matter? People may never, ever come and pat you on the back and say, I appreciate you, but does that really matter? But it will matter what one day Jesus is going to gather us before him and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the words I, I want to hear. Yes. In this earthen vessel, I want somebody to pat me on my back. Yes, in this earthen vessel, I want to see my name in life. Yes, in this earthen vessel, I want to be on Oprah Winfrey. I want to be on NBC. I want to be on CNN. Yes, I want them to talk about me. But when it all comes down, that when my life is gone, and you're reading about me in the obituary, all oh, that stuff won't matter. Because you might just throw that paper away. You might throw all those tapes away. But one day, God is going to call us before his throne. And this is he's going to want to know. He said, when was I strong in your life? When did you really surrender to him? When did you really do his will? When did you really minister to those who need to be ministered most? We got to get caught up in this church atmosphere. The church is not meant to be seen. The church is a body of believers are supposed to be doing work. We use the word church as to symbolize something. But the church should symbolize the body of Christ. And what did Jesus do? He served. Who are you not serving? Who are you not being patient with? Who are you not being forgiving towards? Who are you being unloving towards? Oftentimes we don't have to look far. It's right there in our household. I I wasn't as loving towards my spouse as I should be. I haven't been as loving towards my mother and my father as I should be. I haven't been as loving towards my children as I should be. My neighbor, I've been rude to my neighbor. Let me go and apologize to my neighbor. I'm sorry for kicking over your garbage cans and not picking it up. I'm sorry for putting litter in your yard and not picking it up. There's things in our life that we ought to be different. Some of y'all say, why should I do that? Because Christ has called us to go above and beyond this world. 
the world we live in is going to be thrown away. This is perishing. But yet God's grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in your weakness. In order for you to fully experience that power, you need to become weak so that Christ can move in. You need to become weak so that Christ can move in. You need to become weak so that Christ can move in. Because when he moves in, when he dwells with you, that's where your strength comes from. That's why we have what Saul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he that is with me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When we have God in our hearts, when we surrender, we become weak, we become pliable, we become open for him to move in our lives, then we become strong. So my question to you, are you weak enough? God's love is strong enough for whatever you're going through. You think the pressures in your life are hard and big, but God's grace is more than enough. Tell your neighbor, God's grace is more than enough. Tell your neighbor, God's grace is more than enough. So whatever you're facing, how big it is, I want you to be just like Saul. We want to take this time. I want you to take this time to be just like Saul and plead to God. Say, Lord, and be willing, like just like Saul, to hear God's answer. So whatever it is that you need God to give you strength in, cry it out to him. Let's take this time to pray. Father, right now we come to you, Lord. Realizing, God, that Satan is busy trying to get us, God, to turn away from you. But, Father, we need to become weak. We need to become open for you to move in our lives. Father, you know what we're struggling with and what we are dealing with. Lord, whether it be pride, Lord, whether it be envy, Lord, whether it be fornication, adultery, gossiping, Lord, lying, stealing, Lord, whatever it may be. We, we come to you right now asking for your help. And we come surrendering to be obedient towards you. Father, move in our hearts. We surrender all to you so that you will have your way with us and that you'll be pleased in our lives. Just go ahead, just talk to him, just talk to him, just talk to him. Be real right now because God is always real with us. His truth will set you free. His truth will give you strength. His truth will give you power. Father, we're still praying right now, Lord, to someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Father, we pray that they cry out right now that, and just surrender right now to you and believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and that, Lord, you rose him again from the grave to defeat death. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. We pray for that person right now, God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you for your power. Father, we surrender all to you so that we will become weak. So then we truly can become strong in you in the power of Jesus Christ. 
Let the church say, Amen. May we stand.